Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get your next quote at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. On this episode, we'll get a review of Caribbean Princess. We'll also talk to Adolfo Perez over at Carnival Cruise Line to talk about some, uh, some refurbishments of the old ships and how they're trying to make them new again. But before we get to any of that, don't forget about Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Come in there and kick around the cruise conversation. We'd love to have you. So after last week's news story about Norwegian Cruise Line hiking their ultimate beverage package um, up to $89, which is about $105 after you add in uh, the 18% gratuity, that's per person per day. So pretty much you could almost get a cruise for the beverage package. Of course, they wrap that into their perks package and all that. But uh, I want to talk about it a little more because it sparked a lot of comments and emails. Richard Sims, writer at cruiseradio.net, is on the line. Because, Richard, you always get a drink package, right? Always. Uh, There was one time I didn't, but um, every other time I have. And with when I sailed on Carnival, I've bought the package. When I've sailed on Royal, I bought the package. And here's the difference. Here's why the price on Norwegian is so much higher. When I go on Norwegian, I do not buy the drink package. It's given to me, quote unquote, given as a free perk. Um, Norwegian has a program they call Free at Sea, where depending on what level of stateroom you buy, you get between one and five free perks. And those perks are things like you can get your gratuities paid, you can get um, internet minutes. But the one that's really crazy popular and that a lot of people choose, in fact, I would I would venture a guess that most people choose, is the drink package. So you're getting your drinks for the entire week free. Now, this isn't like Carnival where Carnival does, you know, 15 drinks a day. This is the, you know, basically an unlimited drink package. And here's the thing. The reason that it's so much more expensive is that they use that as a marketing tool. Because when you go on Norwegian's homepage, you'll see almost every day it says, you know, with the free at sea program, pick your perks, save up to, let's say, $3,000. Well, it stands to reason that the more that they charge for the drink package, the, the more you're saving. In other words, 
If you were paying for it, yes, you would be paying $700 for a week, which is a lot of money to pay for a drink package. But because you're getting it for free, they can say that you're saving that $700. So, you know, theoretically, they could they could raise the price to $200 and it wouldn't really make a lot of difference because 90% of their passengers are not actually paying for that drink package. They're getting it for free. I want to elaborate on something because uh, when I was in the Met a couple of months ago, my cruise was $449 per person, and that was without any perks. If I wanted to do the same category stateroom but wanted the perks, it would be $10.99 per person, which shows you that, yeah, on paper it looks like it's free, but it's not really free, correct? Oh, no, of course. There's no – nothing is free. <laughs> you know, anybody who tells you anything is free is charging you for even hearing those words. And it's definitely true. Um, for me, you know, people always ask – the question people always, always ask is whether a drink package is worth it or not. For me, the reason I always buy a drink package or in the case of Norwegian, pick it as my perk is if I don't – then I'm going to spend every day of, of that cruise, every time I order a drink, I'm going to have a calculator running in my mind. Okay, that's another $10. That's another $10. And I just as, I'm really big on getting anything paid up front out of the way that I can. So if that means if I'm on Carnival, I buy the Cheers package. If I'm on Royal, I buy their drink package. And if I'm on Norwegian, I take that drink package as a perk so that I don't have to worry about it. The thing is, if you think about it, $100 a day sounds like a lot for a drink package, and compared to the other lines, it is. But if you're – like, for example, I, I live in the New York City area. I probably pay more than $10 for a drink when I go out. And, you know, if you drink a fair amount on a cruise, especially all day long, if you're not on a particularly port-intensive um, cruise and you're going to be spending a lot of time on the ship, it's not hard to consume 10 drinks in the course of a day, which is all you would have to do to make the $100 worthwhile. Well, I want to touch on the big three cruise lines, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian Cruise Line. Uh, are they all about the same as far as each line's package? Sort of. They they Each of them has a different level of, um, for example, I think on Norwegian, the cutoff point is maybe I'm going to make these numbers up because I don't really know them off the top of my head. I'm not that big a drinker, but let's say one is $15, one is $13. The biggest difference that I found was two things. One, on Carnival, as I mentioned before, it's not a true all-you-can-drink package because you basically can get 15 drinks and they cut you off after that, which you know some people get very upset about. Some people think, how do you even drink that much? So it's six of one, half dozen of the other. But the other thing that's interesting about Carnival is Carnival's um, Carnival's Cheers package includes things like specialty coffees, bottled waters, things like that, whereas Norwegian's does not. Um, I don't believe that Royal's does. I would have to check for sure on that, but I don't believe it does. So they all have little differences. They all have things that aren't included. For example, on Norwegian, they call them super premiums. Super premium drinks aren't included. The other thing is that if you order something above the maximum, like let's say the maximum on Norwegian is $15. If you order a drink that costs $17, and there are drinks that are more than $15, the package covers the $15 and you are charged the rest of the price. And that's mm -hmm. generally true across the board. If you go above what the um, the amount allowed on it is. Now, I will say Carnival's, Carnival's package, they'll let you order 
pretty much anything as expensive as you want. Um, I, I think the I think the cutoff is something like $110 or something, and I don't know what you're drinking that's $110 a pop, but it's um, it's pretty generous. <laughs> yeah, my last carnival selling, there was a guy doing uh, $50 shots. I don't know what he was drinking, but the shots were actually $50 a pop. Yeah, and, and you know, that's the thing. There are people who... Before they decide to um, commit to a, a beverage package, and it is an expense, it's something to think about, you know, is how much will you drink? There are two different ways of doing it. Like I said, for me, it's all about I don't want to get a bill at the end of the week. Other people really sit down and they figure out, okay, here's how many drinks I will have a day. We're going to be in port that day, so I'll have fewer. If you search the web, you will find spreadsheets where people have actually done the math and said, okay, you know, here's how many drinks you would have to have. They would have to be at this price level. If you will drink this much, it's worth worth it to. I, I personally don't want to do that much math. I just want my drinks to come to me without any hassle. I hear that, man. Let's bring this thing full circle. What's the best way to figure out if a drink package is right for you? I think the best thing to do is to look at what kind of cruiser you are. Um, some people are going to drink a lot more on a cruise than they do at home. Uh, I happen to be one of those people. I don't really drink at home, but put me on a cruise ship and I like to drink. Others are just going to have a beer or two by the pool. The other thing to keep in mind is that with most of the packages, not all of them, but most of the time, both people in a cabin have to have it. So you have to figure out not only is it worth it for you, but is it going to be worth it if you add in the cost of yourself and your travel partner? Um, if one of you is a drinker and the other isn't, it probably isn't going to work out. So it's sort of comes down to that. The other thing is to look at the price of the individual package. You know, at at Norwegian, if you're not getting the package for free, if you're paying $100, that probably takes a little more thought than if you're doing one of the other cruise lines where the price is lower and the break-even threshold is lower. So it's really less about the drink package than it is what kind of cruiser and by extension drinker you are. Once again, Richard Sims, shining light on the subject. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. So Jacksonville-based Carnival Elation just underwent this huge month-long multi-million dollar dry dock over in Freeport, Bahamas. And here to talk about some of the new offerings on Elation is Vice President of Sales and Trade Marketing for Carnival Cruise Line, Adolfo Perez. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, Glad man. To be here. Yeah, excited to talk to you about this. Uh, of course, Carnival Elation, hometown ship for me here in Jacksonville, Florida. First off, why is Carnival yep. investing so much money into these older ships? Because Elation is like almost 20 years old or if not 20 years old? Well, I mean, the, the ships still have a, a useful life, obviously. Uh, they're actually doing really well. Um, and, uh, you know, as we're introducing new ships in our fleet, uh, there are a lot of things that we're putting on these new ships that our guests love and really value. Um, so we thought, you know, let's, let's make sure that they have the experience across the Carnival fleet, not just on the new ship. So any of the things that we can put on board these ships that you know, we know our guests really love, we've been doing that. And uh, Elation is certainly not the first one in the fantasy class fleet to get these, uh, um, these enhancements, although she does have a few extra things that the other ships have not gotten. But um, I think the, um, that they'll be very, very happy with these things as well on the Elation. So. Well, let's talk about some of those upgrades. Uh, what kind of upgrades did Carnival Elation get over this month-long dry dock? So, uh, we, one of the, my, my favorite things um, uh, from what we call Funship 2.0 is our guys' burgers, uh, yeah. burger joint. And uh, that, those are 
by far, I mean, I know you've been on a lot of cruise ships, Doug, um, but for me, these are my favorite, favorite hamburger at sea and probably even on land. Uh, They're just juicy, delicious, crispy at the same time. And, um, uh, you know, Guy Fieri really did an amazing job when he put this uh, burger joint together on our ships and our guests love it. And uh, I, you know, one of my kids was going to go on a cruise not that long ago. And he said, does that ship have Guy Fieri's burger? Because if it doesn't, I don't want to go on that one. I want to go on a different one. So uh, it has that kind of following. And uh, I don't know about you, but maybe you can't uh, say what your favorite is, but that's my favorite. No, 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 totally is. I, I got to ask you, though, how many can you throw back on a sailing? Well, I could do two a day. Okay. Oh, wow. um, you know, I try to start out with one, um, and then I end up going back for a second one. And I'm not a big eater. <laughs> But they're just, I, honestly, they really are delicious. And the last time I was on, um, we, I think we had our sales meeting on the ship. Yeah, it was on the Liberty out of Port Canaveral. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up uh, just, you know, uh, kind of facing up to the fact that I was going to have two. So I got two at once and decided not to <laughs> pretend that I was only going to have one. Awesome. What other enhancements did the ship get? So we have the uh, Red Frog Rum Bar, which is out by the pool, as well as the uh, Blue Iguana Tequila Bar. So those are really popular on the ship. They have competition between the two of them. Um, Another one of my favorite uh, food places is the Blue Iguana Cantina, and that's the authentic Mexican food restaurant that we have. Um, I have to tell you a little secret. A lot of people don't know about this, but the uh, Blue Iguana Cantina has the best um, br- uh, breakfast burritos I've ever had. Yeah. Um, you go, you pick all the ingredients that you want. They're freshly made, made, handmade right on the spot. Really, really delicious. I've never had the huevos rancheros, but my friends have that have sailed with me, and they love those as well. So a lot of great breakfast food. And then for lunch, you know, you can create either shrimp, chicken, or meat or veggie-type burritos um, or a combi- any combination thereof, uh, as well as tacos freshly made and handmade uh, right in front of you. So that's another one of my favorite spots. Um, we've upgraded our kids program to our new Camp Ocean uh, design. So we have, you know, the different areas for kids of ages from 2 to 12 with marine-inspired play areas, um, a lot of uh, ocean-themed activities. So they get to learn a little bit while they're having fun. And that's been very popular on our newer ships, so we were able to put it on board the uh, Carnival uh, We've added a waterworks um, to the uh, uh, to the elation, and it has a 300-foot a uh, twister slide. There are a lot of uh, an 82-foot long racing slide, a splash zone for kids. Uh, and this ship had not gotten that yet. Uh, this, this ship still had just the one pool by the, uh, sorry, one slide by the pool. And uh, so we were able to add the uh, this great water park on board. Um, we've added a mini golf course uh, on deck 14, and that gives you know people an opportunity to play some other games while enjoying the beautiful views of the ocean. And then we've also added um, some new cabins on this ship. So we've, in addition to the 98 cabins, uh, the existing cabins that we've added um, balconies to, uh, mm-hmm. we've also added uh, 22 junior suites, uh, two uh, grand vista suites with floor-to-ceiling windows. Um, we have um, what else? We, oh, we also added a few interior cabins as well. But uh, mostly the, the big enhancements were the uh, the grand vista, the junior suites, uh, and the ocean view cabins as well. That's got to so be really, really excited. Yeah, that's got to be one hell of an undertaking. Adding ninety-eight balconies to a ship that had pretty much zero balconies. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really just the, the uh, suites and the mini suites back in, uh, you know, when the ship was first uh, built had those, uh, the balconies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those ships were built a while ago, so it wasn't as uh, prevalent yeah. as it is today. So uh, they were able to engineer a way to add cabins, uh, or sorry, to add balconies to these cabins that were already on the ship. So uh, it looks a little interesting when you see it from the side because they kind of stick out from the side of the ship. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they provide the same great, uh, you know, private balcony experience and you can have your coffee out there in the morning while you're eating your breakfast or, you know, sip a glass of wine as the ship's leaving port. Um, really, really a great, great, um, thing to do. And once you go on a balcony yeah. the first time, you're probably going to want to go back on a balcony again. So, well, I'm curious because you have access to this kind of data. So as far as booking trends go, how popular are booking or how popular are balcony cabins these days? Uh, very popular. So, I mean, I think one of the goals uh, in shipbuilding these days is to be able to put as many balconies on a ship as you can, because it really does enhance the experience for the guest. Um, to have your own private space, your own deck chairs, uh, your ability to, I mean, to me, I always imagine like, and this isn't what I imagine, this is what I do when I'm on a cruise. And if I have a balcony, I do order, you know, breakfast to the room for room, from room service, and have coffee and my breakfast out on uh, on my private veranda. Um, yeah. it, it really is just such a nice experience. You know, when you're at sea, it's so peaceful out there and quiet. And um, uh, so, no, it, the trend for balconies is big, and that's why you see these, you know, all the new ships. Uh, over, you know, having as many balconies as you can possibly uh, put on the ship. Uh, obviously, with ships like Horizon and Vista, Carnival is going to bigger ships. But is updating Elation kind of a way of saying that, you know, there still are fans of smaller ships out there, too? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's not only it's not only that there are still fans of smaller ships because obviously there are because the ships are doing really well and they actually they actually score very high on our um, uh, customer satisfaction scores the the uh, even the older ships but you know when you when you when you walk on the Vista for example or when you get the chance to walk on the Horizon you know there are things on there that we've put on our newer ships that people have really really uh, you know uh, loved um, and. When these other these older ships were not, uh, or I should say, these more classic ships were uh, were built, um, we didn't have those. You know, these are newer features that we that we have. So, in order to make sure that our guests have, uh, you know, just as good of an experience on one of our newer, bigger, brand new spanking ships, uh, and one of our more classic traditional ships that have been in the fleet for longer. Uh, we wanted, we really wanted to invest, I and mean, we spent probably, or, be, or will be spending by the time we're done, about half a billion dollars on renovating uh, existing ships. Not just the wow. fantasy class, but even the conquest class ships have been uh, updated as well. Wow, that's interesting. Well, uh, I have like 60 seconds here left for you. So, um, last question. You kind of touched on it earlier, I think, but favorite new venue that is being added to ships these days? So on, so I will say on this ship, uh, the, the Elation, which is the one we've mostly been talking about, is uh, like I said, Guy's Burger Joint is my favorite. Um, I would say on some of the other ships, uh, the newer ships that have some of the things that you know aren't necessarily possible on the uh, on the classic ships. Uh, would be, uh, I think Skyride is really cool. I don't know if you've had a chance to ride that. Mm-hmm. I know you've been on the ship on the Vista already, yeah. um, and if you had a chance to ride that, but that's a lot of fun. I think the IMAX theater, I was a little bit skeptical when we first announced that we were putting the IMAX theater on the uh, Vista, and it's also going to be on the Horizon. And uh, I got the opportunity to check it out on a, on a relatively recent cruise on the Vista, and I have to tell you, I was blown away by how real 
uh, IMAX this is. This is not like a, you know, a ship version of an IMAX. This is true full-on IMAX. They have very strict standards on, uh, on the quality of the, of the movie uh, picture as well as the sound that really engulfs you. Um, and I would say that's really cool. And I really love the, um, uh, I have to say, Gigi's uh, restaurant on the Vista class uh, and I think the Sunshine, yep, on the Sunshine as well. That food is amazing. Um, it's amazing everywhere, but I would say that if I had to pick a specialty restaurant that I love the most, it would be the Gigi's um, Grill, which is uh, Asian, uh, an Asian uh, restaurant. I don't know if you've had a chance to eat there, but I love it. Yes, love it too. Back back to the IMAX thing for a second. So IMAX yeah. has standards, and the, the the cruise line has to follow, like has to comply to the standards, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, the first time I saw IMAX theater, the people from IMAX were on board the uh, Vista, mm-hmm. and they were doing a, uh, a presentation about you know how excited they were about putting a, you know uh, an IMAX theater on a ship, and yeah, they're there, they're involved in the whole uh, process of engineering the space, all of the equipment that we buy, um, the movies that we have on board. So it's, it really is uh, exactly as if you were to go to an IMAX theater on land. Adolfo Perez, Vice President of Sales and Trade Marketing for Carnival Cruise Line. Thanks for hanging out. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Tim just returned from an eight-night Southern Caribbean sailing aboard Caribbean Princess, one of Princess Cruises' ships based out of Port Everglades. Tim's on the line right now. How's it going, Tim? Hi, Doc. How's it going? Good, man. Welcome back. I can't wait to hear all about Caribbean Princess. It's a ship we haven't really heard from uh, review-wise lately, so I can't wait to get to that. But before we do, let's take a step back and give me some of your pre-cruise thoughts before sailing Caribbean Princess. I actually decided to book it. I'd gotten an email from Princess, and I hadn't looked at my email, and I was just going through cleaning out my inbox, and I was like, oh, this was actually last year, a year ago. They were running a special. If you booked a balcony, you'd get a free drink package, and that offer was expiring with, like, in, within a week, so I just booked it quickly to get in on that deal. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that was a good deal. I wanted to try something different. I had lately been sailing Carnival. I had done Princess quite a few times in the early 2000s, but in the last seven, eight years, I hadn't done a Princess cruise. So it was time to get back to Princess. Cool. I, I know you're up there in the, uh, you're in the Norfolk, Virginia area. Have you ever sailed Carnival out of Norfolk? I have sailed Carnival out of Norfolk several times. Cool. Very yeah. nice. So uh, you make your way down from Virginia down here to Florida. You get to Port Everglades. How was embarkation for you once you got to the cruise port? Embarkation was a breeze. When um, we showed up, there was no line at all for security. Walked right through the metal detector, went straight to the counter, got room key and everything, cruise card, and then we had to wait. But that still wasn't bad. I guess we waited about maybe 40 minutes. The ship was delayed boarding because the prior cruise had a norovirus. Mm. So they delayed boarding. And I was fine with that. I was glad to say <laughs> they wanted to sanitize the ship real well. And so it was nice. It was easy. We just waited about 45 minutes and they started letting people on. And I like it. It's a very organized boarding. Mm-hmm. They seat you according to when you arrive. And you get on the ship in the, in your row in the order of, that you arrived. So it made for a very orderly time to get on the ship and walk on. It was great. So you cross the gangway and step foot on board Caribbean Princess. What were your first impressions of the ship? Well, I had been on the ship, like I said, back quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So my main thoughts were just to see if there were any changes. We had a few things on Cruise Critic, and people were complaining about the ship. I thought the ship was in great condition. It looked clean. It looked fresh. It looked great. I didn't really see any problems with the ship at all. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your thoughts of that? Well, I did have a balcony, Mm -hmm. because in order to get the drink package, you had to book a balcony. I was on Baja deck on the port side, and it was a standard princess balcony. Good size, you know, Princess has the little walk-in closet when you first come in, so that's a lot of room in that area. The only problem that I've ever had with Princess is the shower. Mm-hmm. The shower is very teeny. There's really no elbow room. You've got to kind of shower with your arms close to the body. <laughs> Other than that, it was fine. Cool. Plenty of space for storage and the cabinet space and all that? Plenty of space. Even under, I noticed under the bed, it was quite high, so you could actually put your suitcase under the bed, too, if you really wanted to. I'm not someone who really unpacks. I just leave my stuff in my bag, so mm-hmm. you know, my girlfriend unpacks everything and right. puts it all away and makes it neat. But all I did was go in my bag, grab what I need, and there was plenty of room in the closet. I just stuck my bag in there, would go in, get stuff when I need it. Very nice. So uh, <laughs> yeah. as far as the balcony space... Um, I had never been on Caribbean Princess. What did you think of the balcony space as far as, could you sit out there comfortably in the chair? You could comfortably sit out. The, they had metal chairs. The last time I sailed Princess, that shows how long ago it was, they had plastic furniture on the balconies. Mm-hmm. And I guess they removed all of that after they had to fire on the star several years ago. So the furniture is heavy-duty metal furniture, and all the chairs recline. Okay. So it's very comfortable on the balcony, and there's enough room for two people. These are the standard balconies. I didn't get a Carib deck yeah. that has the extended balcony. This was just the standard, and it was plenty of room. Well, uh, let's talk about the dining aboard your eight-night Southern Caribbean sailing on Caribbean Princess. And we'll start at the top in the buffet area and work our way down from there. So uh, what were your thoughts of the buffet area on the ship? 
It was a buffet area. I believe I went there a couple times for breakfast and through there once or twice for lunch. Most of the time for lunch, I ate pizza from the deck. Princess Pizza is still, I think, the best pizza I'd see. It's delicious with mm-hmm. a for good IPA. <laughs> Nothing better. <laughs> the food was always always hot and fresh in the buffet, but like I said, I only went through there a few times, and there was always something there, but I don't know. My appetite is not what it used to be. So. Right. <laughs> I hear you on that one. I did try to pub lunch. What you think? Princess has a pub lunch. That was nice. They had it in the Crown Grill doing, I think, sea days, and it was traditional British, and it was no extra charge for this either, so they had a choice of bangers and mash, fish and chips, or kidney pie, mm-hmm. and I got the bangers and mash and the fish and chips. Cool. How about the uh, the main dining room? What time dining did you have? I had any time dining. We planned to go about 7. We ended up most of the time going about 7.30, quarter to 8. Never had a problem getting a table for two. Mm-hmm. Seated us immediately whenever we showed up. I thought the food was very good in the main dining room. Hot. A lot of sometimes cruise ship food is not real hot in the main dining room. My meals were, at least they were warm mm-hmm. and very tasty. I enjoyed main dining room. I believe we ate there maybe five nights out of the eight-night cruise. We did eat at Crown Grill one night and Sabatini's one night. And also we did the Crab Shack. Oh, yeah. What did you think of the Crab Shack? Because I was on Ruby Princess a couple of years ago, and they had it, and I forgot all about it and missed it. What did you think of it And as far as the value for the food you get? I believe it was $29. I think it was the same price as the Crown Grill and Sabatini's. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it. They would give you a—it was kind of like a large metal bowl, uh, almost like a little pot. And you could choose between—I believe there were three different it was crab legs or— crawfish or shrimp or like a mixed bowl. Crab legs, shrimp, and mussels, mm-hmm. along with corn. I believe I got that one. I thought it was a great value. Um, food was tasty. My girlfriend didn't really care for it. She doesn't like to get messy when she oh. eats. But, you know, if you're eating crab shack, you're going to get messy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We only did that one time. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to go back again. I believe they had it at least two times on this cruise. Cool. As far as the entertainment on this eight-night sailing, uh, what did you think of it? Entertainment was good. It was very low-key. They did have um, some comedians on the ship, and um, there was a comedy duo. They were called Alfred and Seymour, mm-hmm. and they were kind of a hit. They were kind of like Key and Peel meets Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of comedy they do, cool. the comedy duos. And everyone seems to enjoy them. And they had another comedian, Phil Tagg, I think. And he was okay. He was supposed to have been showing up on the Tonight Show, I believe, the following week. Mm-hmm. That's what they oh, kept cool. saying. He's going to be on the Tonight Show next week. That's cool. As far as the uh, music around uh, the ship, was there plenty of musical entertainment around the ship? Now, there was a Lionel Richie imitator mm-hmm. on board. His name was Derek Floyd. It was called the Lionel Richie Experience. And he was actually pretty good. I think a lot of people thought he may have really been Lionel Richie. <laughs> Most of the fellow passengers were 
older. This was a eight day cruise, so it was an older population. By my estimate, I guess from what I could count, maybe a little over a hundred people under age fifty mm-hmm. on this particular sailing. So I know um, he was sitting out one day I was walking, and some people would go, "Oh, look, there's Lionel Richie." <laughs> so I don't know if they really believe he was really Lionel Richie or not. <laughs> He was nice, and he played it up real well. Awesome. On this eight-night sailing, you had a couple of sea days. How was the crowds and congestion while at sea? Very well. Um, It wasn't a lot of movement. I would guess the only time the ship really got crowded, it really wasn't doing sea days, but really after a show would let out. And getting from one end of the ship to the other, sometimes it was really slow because there were people who were moving slower than other folks so you had to just be patient and walk slowly until you could get to a spot where you could get around but um on sea days uh, i went up to the buffet like i said just a couple times and there was never a line it was the first two days it was a little bit of a line because they were not letting you touch anything because of the norovirus outbreak from the previous cruise so they had crew actually dispensing your food so that slowed it down the first two days. But after that, they lifted that restriction and everything flowed very smoothly. Cool. What ports did you hit on this eight-night sailing and which ones really stuck out to you? This was an ABC Island cruise. Mm-hmm. So the first stop was Curacao. The second stop was Bonaire. And our last stop was Aruba. I had been to Aruba and Bonaire in the past. So Curacao was the one that really stuck out to me. I had never been to to that port. I enjoyed it. Did a tour there, toured the Curacao factory. This was a tour through Princess. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Curacao factory, and then we went to a cave. That's a beautiful, beautiful island. Learned about the um, colorful houses, how there was a governor back in the 1800s that suffered from migraine. And... The colorfulness of the houses helped his migraine, so he ordered that everybody paint their houses different colors. Plus, he um, owned a paint factory, we were told. (laughs) (laughs) It helped him out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Helped him in in a number of ways. Helped with his migraine and helped his bottom line. Yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to walk over the swinging bridge? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I did walk over the swinging bridge, took some pictures. That was nice. It's a um, cool little area over there. Yeah, very cool area. So uh, you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was the disembarkation process for you? It wasn't too bad. We did the standard, put your bags out the night before, and um, I think you had to leave your stateroom by 8, go up to the buffet, get some breakfast, and then wait in the lounge. I don't believe we disembarked until it was probably it was after 10. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to 10.30. How was before. the getting off the ship? Is going through customs and getting your bag, was it pretty streamlined? That, that was very smooth. It was a long line, but it moved very fast. And I guess I was in the customs line maybe 10 minutes max. It's hmm, not bad at all. It went, went very smooth. Well, uh, do you have any first-time tips for anyone sailing on Caribbean Princess? Actually, I do. Any shows that you really want to go to, get there early, I would suggest a half hour early because the venues fill up. You know, when the Caribbean Princess was built, they added that extra deck. So there's an extra deck of people, but only public
specific areas for the original mm-hmm. size of the grand class. Yeah. You know, there's actually, what, 800 passengers. The funny thing, the first day when they had the uh, mustard drill, you know, they said the mustard drill was going to be at 4, and so I was telling my girlfriend, I said, we just need to go early. We don't want to be in that mess when, you know, everybody's taking the stairs and it's a mad rush. And I told her, I said, experienced cruisers get to these things early. Mm-hmm. So we leave early, go to our muster station. We walk in, the place is full. There are only six empty seats. So <laughs> we thought we would get there early, and we were almost <laughs> some of the last ones there. So get to your venues early yeah. if you want to see. Would you uh, recommend and endorse the Crab Shack? I would. If you like seafood, I thought it was a, a good value. The food was very tasty. It was very fresh. It was well-cooked. It wasn't overcooked. It was tasty. They have uh, one section of the buffet area, I believe it's the Cafe Caribe. Mm-hmm. They have one section of that set up, and you know you have to have reservations, and they seat you, and it's kind of very nice. Oh. Very nice. They you know, bring your order to you. I would definitely recommend Seafood Shack. Awesome. To anyone who likes seafood. Well, uh, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Caribbean Princess? Still a good ship. It's Princess. They definitely spoil you. Their motto, um, Escape Completely, I was very relaxed. I, it's a very relaxing cruise. So if you want to really relax, you don't want a high energy, although you could, you know, wrap up the energy on your own, but overall I thought it was a very relaxing cruise, and I would recommend it to anyone. Probably over a certain age, over age 40, I think you could really appreciate it. Yeah, I can see that. And in the summer, I'm sure it's different in the summer. But, you know, we went off-season, and plus it was a longer-than-seven-day cruise. Mm -hmm. Demographics always tend to skew older. Yeah, for sure. We've been talking with Tim. He just returned from his eight-night Southern Caribbean sailing on Princess Cruises, Caribbean Princess. Tim, thanks for being on the show. Okay, dog. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.